And thanks to our malt mates at Cry Malt, this is Beer as a Conversation. I'm Matt Kirkegaard. This week, I meet Mark Hazeman, CEO of Craft Business Accelerator Founders First. The craft beer industry has been evolving rapidly over the past decade with a flood of new entrants. As craft beer grows, many breweries have had to grapple with the issues of growth and how to fund their expanding businesses and capital requirements. Traditional bank finance, private equity investments and crowdsource funding are some of the ways that breweries have funded their growth and Founders First has now stepped in with what they say is a new approach. Founders First says it aims to disrupt the craft beer and spirits industry with a unique model of business acceleration that enables businesses to remain proudly independent while assisting craft liquor entrepreneurs by striving to solve two of the biggest challenges they have, access to capital and expert support to grow sales, distribution and marketing of their brands. Founders First grabbed headlines in the past fortnight when it announced that it had invested in Newcastle's Foghorn Brewhouse taking up the share that majority stakeholder James Garvey was selling. The Accelerator has also funded the rapid growth of Victoria's Jetty Road Brewery. With a lengthy background at both Lion and CUB, as well as a stint as CEO of the Port Adelaide Football Club and seven years at Deloitte, Mark has an extensive business background, and in this conversation we learn about the Founders First model and what it means for the evolving craft and independent beer sector. Enjoy the conversation. Mark Hazeman, welcome to Beer as a Conversation. Thanks, Matt. Good to, good to be here. Matt, I, I guess before we get into Founders First, which is the business that uh, you are the CEO and Managing Director of, um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about who is Mark Hazeman. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, look, I've worked uh, worked in the beer industry for uh, just over 20 years. I did a, did a stint with Lion uh, in Adelaide, then Sydney, back to Adelaide, and uh, then I actually went and worked in AFL footy for three years where I ran one of the AFL clubs, uh, the Port Adelaide Football Club in Adelaide. Uh, and then after that, I jumped back into beer and worked with CUB and saw the, the change from uh, Foster's through to SAB Miller through to AB InBev and um, yeah, really enjoyed my time in the industry and uh, also have a passion for the on-premise and uh, uh, with a share in a couple of pubs as well, which uh, takes a, not, not much of my time, but a lot of my passion. And so when the opportunity uh, came up to get involved with the Founders First crew, I guess it was an opportunity to put some time back into a space that I really enjoy, which is particularly the growth of craft and uh, and, and also venues as well, where we have the chance to bring the brands to life. So um, yeah, look, I, I really enjoyed the involvement. It's a fast-moving space and I think a lot of growth to come as well. So uh, great to be involved. It's a fairly um, broad range of experience that you've got. You, you weren't tempted when AB InBev came in and uh, took over CUB to stay there. We've seen some of the senior staff uh, get some fairly exciting opportunities overseas. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I was there for a couple of just uh, under two years after AB I took over CUB and uh, a lot of great friends here and it's, it's a great business. Um, but, you know, probably an opportunity for me to uh, go and do some things that I'm passionate about that uh, require a bit more entrepreneurialism than uh, what you can get within the, the big engine of ABI. So, uh, yeah, for me, yeah, definitely um, could have stayed and uh, would have enjoyed, um, you know, continuing my career there. But, uh, look, this opportunity is a great one to be involved with, so very much enjoying it early days. 
So tell us a little bit about Founders First. We have seen, uh, just to set the scene, we've seen the, uh, the, the craft beer industry go from you know, 10, 15 years ago, very much a garage band um, sort of approach. Um, we, we've seen it expand, we've seen it grow, um, we've seen some bigger players come in, and now we've started mm. to see private equity firms looking at how they can get involved and uh, you know, sort of help out some of the, the, the growing breweries. Where does yep. uh, Founders First, you know, what, what's the background of Founders First and uh, where do they fit into the you know, evolving market? Yeah, so I guess uh, we're a slightly different proposition to probably what you've seen before in Australia. So um, our business is is very much around craft beer and spirits, um, and you know an accelerator. So what we what we're keen to do, I suppose, is to really support the growth of the craft category in Australia, and in particular the growth of independent craft. Um, so you know we will invest and back the founders um, of businesses to help them grow and. I guess the way we're a little different is that we, we provide capital and growth capital, but we also add some value to that investment by providing and bringing expertise in a bunch of different areas, depending on what that business is needing. Um, so, yeah, I guess our vision is to build up a, um, a nice little network of businesses that, um, that we have a stake in and we can really help, help them grow and, and bring some different expertise to add to the passion of these brewers or distillers and, and help them grow their business. I guess that's where your background working for Lion and CUB and then also uh, you've recently had uh, Cameron Buckland come on as sales director who's uh, worked as the head of merchandise at Dan Murphy's. So I I guess you'd have a fairly broad range of um, skills yourselves and also contacts to to, to bring to the breweries that you invest in. Yeah, I think, you know, Cam and I worked together at CUB for, for a bunch of years and uh, and obviously, Cam then got coached by um, coached by Dan Murphy to go and work for them. And um, yeah, he knows the, the category very well, and uh, culturally, he's a great fit for us. So, uh, Cam started uh, last week actually, so just recently, and starting to get his head around it. And he will sort of initially help uh, with setting up the sales collective under Founders First, uh, which um, our first cap off the rank there will be to bring the Jetty Road um, sales team in underneath Cameron and provide a, a bit of structure and guidance and leadership and um, you know, I guess a really disciplined approach to getting the brand out there in the market and, and then Foghorn, uh, which we'll talk about a bit later, uh, that we pick up from the beginning of March as we as we get that business set to grow, then, uh, you know, we'll build out a sales team that can help them out as well. So, yeah, Cam's uniquely positioned, I think, given his time at Dan Murphy's to come in and really make a big difference with us. And, uh, you know, the boys at Jetty Road, Grant and Blake, you know, delighted to have the likes of Cameron on board to, to help them grow and help them achieve their their vision and their dreams, which, you know, if they were just doing it themselves, you know, it would be a lot harder to um, to get access to some of the retailers and customers that uh, perhaps through Cameron and myself um, we can get them access to. So tell us a little bit about the background to Founders First. It's only a fairly new accelerator, you call it, um, but it's, it's, yep. it's, it's an, an investor, for, firstly, with the, the, the skills that I've mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. it, it only, I, I think it only went to market looking to raise capital um, to, to get it funded uh, in late 2017. Yeah, so it's been, uh, so the AGM actually for Founders First was um, just a few weeks after I started uh, at the back end of November, early December. Um, and so the business has been going for just one year, Founders First, and um, sort of, uh, yeah, one of the co-founders, Stuart Morton, um, had the had the idea to to kick the business off um, while he was over in the US. He was on a on a trip with Steve Baxter, um, having a look at high technology developments in the US. And 
um, Stuart being Stuart was uh, more enamoured with what was happening in craft and he saw the opportunity to come back to Australia and set up this business where you could provide leadership and, and help accelerate uh, the, the growth of some of the, the craft players within the market. So he, he did a lot of the, uh, the background work and initiated the investment in Jetty Road um, and uh, given he spends a lot of time down at Mornington Peninsula himself, Stuart, so he saw their need, got involved and um, yeah, I guess was working his way through how the business could expand and grow and and then, um, you know, late last year had a conversation with me so that I could get involved and, and help them grow it. So, yeah, it's been fairly new to the market, uh, Founders First, and we raised some money middle of last year before I was on board. And, and then we're just going through a capital raise now, which we're nearly done on, to um, to help bring in uh, the funding that enables us to um, allocate the, our funds out to help uh, these different businesses grow and, and invest in, in their growth um, over the next little while. And, and Steve Baxter, of course, is known to uh, listeners as he's an entrepreneur, an investor, and uh, uh, probably best known as being one of the sharks on Shark Tank. Exactly right, exactly right. So, um, yeah, that trip went in a different direction to perhaps what Stuart was expecting, but it was uh, very worthwhile. And, um, you know, so now here we are working together, which is tremendous. Well, uh, I mean, Steve's got quite an interest in uh, beer himself. He's, you know, both uh, you know, personally, I'm not sure what his investment level is. Is he an investor in Founders First? Uh, look, he's um, he's one of the people that uh, is in our network. So yep. um, yeah, but we've got a, a really good bunch of uh, investors involved, and um, yeah, there's uh, a good network for us to leverage off going forward. Founders first came together. You sort of had a, a bunch of people with backgrounds in equity and capital and management, um, and they brought you on uh, for your expertise in the, the, the beer industry. Um, what is the idea? You know, what, what's the idea behind it apart from investing and accelerating uh, craft breweries? Why spirits in, in, in craft beer as opposed to other elements of the uh, ec- economy? Sure. I think, Matt, uh, you know, Craft, I mean, the beer market in Australia is obviously a big market um, and craft within that is is growing significantly as we we saw, I guess, through the Cooper's result announced um, in November last year, sort of Tim talking about the, the growth of craft at around 15 to 20% per annum. Um, you know, craft itself is, you know, quite fragmented and, um, you know, some are organised within that market and, and some need some help. So, um, but what these players are, both in beer and spirits, are you know they're fiercely independent. They're really trying to grow their business, and um, generally speaking, you know they they need some help, whether it be capital or expertise. So we figured we we can get access to capital through sort of generating a a fund, if you like, through our sort of um, network of investors, um, and keep that independent and bring the expertise through our backgrounds, particularly uh, myself and and Cameron uh, from a sort of sales and marketing perspective and and then Stuart actually from a sort of property perspective where we can sort of help provide some solutions around the property side of things and asset finance going forward. Uh, we think it's quite a, a good mixture and, and something that a lot of these businesses are looking for. I guess the other background is we've seen in the US just how big craft has got as a percentage of the market. And we think, you know, uh, the development of craft within Australia is lagging behind that maybe three to five years. And so there's still a lot of headroom for growth. So, um, you know, in in both uh, aspects, we think there's a big opportunity to get involved and add value to the category. Obviously, um, there's a lot of ways that uh, startup breweries can go to to get the capital they need. They start, they they need to grow, they go looking for capital. Um, You know, there's the traditional go cap in hand to the bank. Um, you know, or put your own money in if you've got any left after starting. More recently, we've seen uh, crowdsourced 
um, funding and and an equity model, and we've also seen uh, groups such as uh, Founders First um, Partnership come in and uh, you know as a form of private equity, I guess. In economics, there's the law of uh, you know opportunity cost. Any decision you make. Um, has a cost. When uh, breweries come to you guys and you know get the um, capital and also the the skills and expertise and the contacts that you bring, what do they give up, or you know what what are they giving up over? Uh, you know what advantages do they get, um, and also what do they give up over other forms of uh, you know e- equity um, and capital raising? Yeah, I guess what um, I guess what they get access to is. Um, people that understand the space and understand the challenges and unique challenges that they're going through as as often the founders and operators of these businesses and um, so you know coming to us they they know that uh, we will get those pressures um, and we'll we'll probably be able to understand pretty quickly what it is that they're after and sometimes they they need more than uh, just the money they actually need um, you know they, they need some some help and support and sometimes it's just in the form of a sounding board actually because you're running your own business and being a founder of a craft business can be quite a uh, a lonely place. So, um, you know, I think you know we, we can bring bring all of that in terms of what they give up. Um, well, I think they're probably looking at it more as to what what value they can get um, from their investor. And uh, obviously, there is a, a shift these days towards um, investors looking to add value to the money that they put in. And uh, we're certainly not private equity or venture capital. We're we're playing the long game and really keen to build a, a strong portfolio of. Um, you know, independent craft brands that we can and we can stand behind the founders and help them grow and build really strong businesses over time. Um, so you know, we don't have a turn rate that we're worried about in terms of three, two, three, five years, whatever. We're going to build a strong portfolio and um, a really strong group of partners within the Founders First Network where founders can help founders and help them grow. So I think a lot of them understand. Um, you know, we, we'll bring in new new money. Um, and that money gets put in to help them grow, whether that's to, to help fund, um, you know, a, a venue or to fund a brewery uh, or fund the expansion of, of their brand out into the market or the expansion of their, their sales force in, in terms of working capital. So that I guess that's the way we look at it. And yes, we would normally take an equity position, uh, but we also have an asset financing arm within our business as well. When you say you, you you don't have a set investment horizon and you, you're mm-hmm. looking for the long term, what what is the aim um, of, of the uh, of the group? Yeah, so I guess the aim of the group is uh, to firstly have great people involved with values um, that are very similar to ours, um, that are really keen to champion the cause of, of independent craft in the country, um, and um, that are on board for the long term as well in terms of building a a really solid um, group of highly profitable businesses uh, that we can help scale up with some fantastic brands that the consumers uh, are wanting to to drink and get hold of, uh, you know, such as Jetty Road down in the Mornington Peninsula. Um, And then, um, yeah, I guess underpin that with um, a great group of people that can help them grow their business. And and, uh, if we can build a network um, over the next uh, three to five years of of businesses that that, uh, that fit that, and we think we can have a, a good profitable business that will generate great returns to, to shareholders. Um, and for those founders that we've invested in and we're backing, you know, they're running their businesses um, with some, some world-class expertise in behind them, but they're on the hook for the performance and they're driving and leading their own business and, and delivering on their dream as to why they started in the first place. And if we can achieve that, I think we'll all be very satisfied. The margins in brewing are fairly thin and there's a lot of reinvestment back into to businesses. How do yep. the uh, Founders First uh, investors, um, you know, how will they 
receive a return on their investment or sort of uh, you know liquidate their investment uh, you know ultimately. Yeah, great question. I think uh, Matt, what we what we plan to do is to uh, continue to build our business and and uh, I guess prove our, our worth in terms of delivering against what we say we're going to do and um, and I guess build the confidence for the shareholders and uh, what we are uh, planning to do later in the year. So within sort of 12 to 15 months, go to go to IPO and list uh, founders first on the ASX and that will give some liquidity to um, to our shareholders so that they can you know, trade in and out of the stock. Uh, but I guess uh, we're keen to have investors on uh, in this early stage that are going to um, ride the wave with us, I suppose, and, and stay with us over the next two to three to five years as we, we build the business out and bring other um, other partners on board, just like we have with Jetty Road and, and more recently Foghorn. So over time, they'll get liquidity because we'll be listed. Um, but obviously, in the short term, it's more about capital growth and dividend returns because we will be reinvesting back into the business to um, to help the businesses grow and get the economies of scale that we can we can build by having a network of um, of uh, brewers and distillers within uh, Founders First. So, so the equity event um, that you're looking at isn't accelerating these businesses, getting them to scale, and then hoping that they, uh, you know, you're able to sell off the individual breweries. The, uh, you, you sort of want to create a business that can list itself on the uh, stock market. That's right. Yeah. So that's what we. Uh, that's our plan to build founders first out and uh, and add businesses along the way. Um, some before we go to IPO and list on the ASX, and and I imagine many more afterwards as well. Once we've got some uh, some cash reserves to to go and invest in in uh, more businesses around the country. So yeah, that's that's our our goal to build a, um, a, a I guess a, a real family of businesses underneath founders first that. We can continue to help grow, uh, but really uh, underpinned by that culture of collaboration and and spirit of independence. It, it, it's interesting then because one of the, you know, in, in the early days of craft, and I think that's a, it's a legacy of the 1980s where the model seemed to be start a brewery, survive, um, mm. get to scale, and be bought out by one of the the, the big players. But of course. Recently, we've seen such an explosion of breweries, and there's only so many buyers that that doesn't really seem, you know, there doesn't seem to be appetite for acquisition the way that I think uh, people once once thought. Yeah, I, th- I think that's possibly right. So, um, hence, we we feel like this model can work really well and get like-minded people within the founders first group um, and really help um, help them grow um, and enable them, uh, you know, an exit strategy over time as well if they want to sort of sell out of. Um, a portion of their stock holding within their individual business and sell out to um, or sell a portion of theirs out to help create liquidity for themselves and pay off some a mortgage or something like that then uh, you know we can provide that but you know they're still there running the business and, and driving it really hard so I think we create a fairly flexible model for those that we invest in and um, ultimately we're there for the benefit of all of the founders within our group and, and over time those founders can actually get a real kick out of helping each other out as well because I mean, you've seen the spirit of collaboration that's alive and well within craft. I mean, some of these brewers are, um, you know, Sean up at Foghorn, very well known and and has mentored and helped a number of um, the emerging brewers within the market. And, you know, the expertise that he uh, he will help bring to our founders group will be uh, will be huge. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to people like that joining and um, and having that um, that impact on the broader group. And that will flow, I guess, in years to come as well. Is there a like a, an analog business in the US that you can point to that's sort of doing similar work, or is this because it's the first time we've really seen this sort of model uh, land in Australia? Yeah, I think there are um, 
a couple over there um, that are doing something similar. So, uh, again, they're a few years ahead of us. Um, but uh, I guess we're really focused on, you know, what's what's important to us and what we think can work here rather than looking too much at, at what others are doing elsewhere. Um, and, we, yeah, as long as we can really foster that spirit of collaboration and independence and um, and be agile in terms of what we can deliver back to help um, those we invest in, then we're, we're pretty confident that um, we'll be able to certainly add value and, and help build a strong craft category over time. I'm talking to Mark Hazeman, uh, who's the Chief Executive of uh, Founders First. Um, Mark, the first investment that you made in the, the, the brewing industry was Jetty Road, um, and you, you made that fairly early on in the Founders First you know, investment life. Um, yeah. Jetty Road was a very small brewery um, in a regional part of Victoria, didn't really have an established track record. What was the attraction, uh, or, or, or what did Founders First see um, that, that brought Jetty Road to your attention? Yeah, well, I suppose, uh, as I mentioned to you, uh, one of the co-founders of the business, uh, Stuart, uh, spends a lot of time down in the Mornington Peninsula, and um, he was pretty aware of Jetty Road and the boys, um, uh, particularly um, Blake and Grant, um, and the fact that they were trying to build their business from being a, uh, a backyard brewer, if you like, in terms of Jetty Road, um, into a more established business. And uh, I guess uh, back then, um, you know, Stuart really liked the the positioning of Jetty Road and um, and he liked the, the guys and he saw that they really had their skin in the game and that they were keen to keen to grow and they needed some help. So um, I guess uh, we backed them as uh, first cab off the rank in the Founders First family. And, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, what we've been able to do to help them over time um, has been significant in terms of the, the wonderful brew pub they've now got down at Germana on the way down to Portsea in Sorrento. And um, I guess the, the way that that's now embedded itself into the local community of Germana is just fantastic. And um, a great group of people that are really driving that business hard. And, you know, we're sitting in the background helping them and, um, you know, really proud that we're associated with them. And firsthand, we saw, you know, to have two brands in the top 80 of the Gaps Hot 100 just the other week, and in particular with the Pale Ale getting into the top 30, uh, you know, they were surprised by it, but I guess we weren't because we just uh, we really rate what the uh, what Blake's brewing and the way they're going about it. So, um, yeah, that was our first cab off the rank, and um, you know, we're really pleased with the pro- progress so far. But what was it about Jetty Road? I mean, I, there are literally hundreds of breweries that would have uh, liked to have had um, some support, and even sort of uh, you know, quite a few down on the Mornington Peninsula. Um, was there any did was there anything about the opportunity that you saw for that, or that you thought that these guys need you know that, that these guys are undercapitalized and could really benefit from having uh, our help? I think uh, you know, quickly understanding the positioning of Jetty Road um, in terms of the brand itself. Um, you know, we, we felt that. Uh, it really had the opportunities to travel. So really their, their focus on, you know, the life down on the Mornington Peninsula and that real coastal vibe, sense of independence and the good life. The guy, our guys at Founders really liked their positioning and, and thought that uh, it was a brand that could certainly help um, grow, not not just within Mornington and the greater Melbourne region, but potentially nationally as well. So I think really it was a combination of meeting the guys, really liking the guys and understanding their dream um, and the positioning that they come up with the brand and the look and feel. Um, there was a, a genuine, I guess, attraction to, to the brand and a, and a feeling that it could, could scale, scale up into a really good business. And more recently, in fact, uh, in the last fortnight, um, you've uh, taken an investment or you, you've partnered up with um, Sean Sherlock down in Newcastle. 
um, yeah. seeing a brewer with his uh, pedigree and you know a, a brand that's that strong locally come up last year looking for an investment must have seemed like manna from heaven for you. Yeah, well, look, um, we were delighted uh, to have the opportunity to, to talk to Sean and, and see if we could get something done. Um, the, you know, Falkhorn business uh, itself, for the, the brew house up there at uh, Newcastle uh, is a really good business and, uh, you know, a great venue and, and really embedded itself again into that Newcastle local community. And, yeah, to have the opportunity to, to work with Sean going forward and support him is going to be fantastic for us. Um, and I think we'll really be able to help him, um, you know, to fulfil the potential of, of the Falkhorn business and, and actually put the brand out in the market um, up there in the Newcastle and Hunter region as well because um, at this stage, uh, Sean and the team haven't really focused on that. Um, you know, they've focused on their award-winning venue um, and, you know, we all know that his, uh, his calibre of, uh, you know, what he actually brews um, is well recognised right around the country. So... Yeah, we're delighted to have the opportunity to work with him and support him and very much looking forward to what we can do together. I, I guess, I mean, Sean's worked, uh, he spent a long time with Murray's Craft Brewery where, you know, he had a lot of autonomy and a lot of uh, credibility that, he, the, that he'd established. Um, he's now with Foghorn and uh, running his own show um, to, to some extent. Um, he's certainly the face of the brewery. Did you envisage that somebody like Sean who has uh you know if not been his own owner has been his own boss may struggle having uh investors come in and uh supervise or you know is it did, are you hands off in terms of the, the way you work with somebody like Sean or great question I think Matt we what what uh, our vision is for Foghorn is to be in support of Sean um so we'll work together with him to support um, you know, the, the vision for what Foghorn can look like down the track and, and uh, we'll sit in behind him and provide him the support that he needs. So, you know, he'll be the man on the ground leading the team and leading the business. We know that he'll brew some uh, wonderful beers, um, but we'll you know, have the opportunity to perhaps work with him from a sales and marketing perspective to help him grow um, grow the brand and the awareness of the brand out in the market and and then he'll build the sales team over time. Uh, but, yeah, we really see Sean as the person, you know, as a co-founder of the business um, to, to really drive the business going forward and be the person on the on the ground running it and um, not just the brewer. So, and we'll provide him whatever support he needs to do that. But our, we, we don't come into this uh, looking to – we're not going to be running the Falkhorn business. Sean will be running it and we'll be in support of him. And that's the way that we like to operate with our model. So, um, you know, the founders of the business, they run it and um, – and we, we sit in the background and provide the support they need. On behalf of your investors, um, you'd, you'd have a fairly keen eye on uh, performance and, and, and measuring those things to make sure that you're securing their investment and uh, you know, working towards a return. Of course, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we have our own internal metrics that we need to deliver on for ourselves and for our, for our shareholders. And, you know, we're confident that um, with a bit of investment and, um, you know, a bit of uh, thought, uh, thought leadership with Sean that we'll be able to to uh, really get a good return on our investment in Foghorn and grow the brand to be one that, uh, that the people of Newcastle can be really proud of. And, and we do know the craft region of Newcastle is growing really strongly. So, you know, I think if we give, uh, give Foghorn a bit, of a bit of a leash and let it get out into the market, it will uh, do great things. 
One of the things I've always been told, uh, particularly from um, you know the, the business minds of the, the big breweries, uh, is that beer is a unit cost game. Um, you know, and you see all of these mergers and acquisitions taking place at the big end of the market, talking about synergies and you know efficiencies. Um, the, the model having a small brewery in Victoria and a small brewery in uh, regional um, New South Wales. Um, each with their own breweries is a fairly inefficient way of, of making beer. Um, will we eventually see, you know, a, a, as you get more acquisitions, uh, potentially building a scale uh, brew house that these brands can move towards? I think, uh, you know, um, potentially in time that could happen. I think in the short term, our job is to continue to support uh, the likes of Jetty Road and Foghorn to build their brand in the local market and, you know, having that brewing capability um, you know, through their respective breweries is, is really important to do that. Um, and, you know, yes, that does present its own sort of economics um, or challenges in terms of economics, but it's really about getting into that sweet spot around the volume that helps generate the most efficient um, operation you can. Uh, but I think that sense of connection to the local community and authenticity and to the locals to see their brewed, uh, beer brewed locally is, is really important. So, uh, but, you know, the Jetty Road guys can in time uh, with investment, um, you know, brew up to one and a half million litres uh, a year through the brewery. So, you know, we're, we're confident that there's a lot of growth left um, within the Jetty Road business just by sort of uh, plugging more equipment into the existing brewery and, and getting Blake a bit of help um, on the ground. And and uh, I guess the same thing with, with Foghorn where uh, we'll just have a look at how we're going in terms of the demand for the product. And we certainly feel like we can brew most of it um, through there for, for quite a long time. And I think when uh, Founders First was first looking at capital raising, they'd looked at, uh, although they'd projected that Jetty Road could uh, scale to a $15 million um, business uh, within two years, which would put it around about the 2 million litre mark, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, we have um, quite uh, bold aspirations um, in our support of the, the Jetty Road team. So. Um, there's no reason to think over a period of, um, you know, three to four years from here that he couldn't be doing that sort of volume. So the key, though, is the quality of the volume that we're getting and um, making sure that we're maintaining that premium price in the market so that we continue to, um, you know, gener generate the sort of growth we want rather than, um, you know, pricing the product down and uh, and chasing volume for volume's sake. So, but yeah, we're confident with the combination of uh, brew pubs and venues um, attached to Jetty Road and, and the quality of the, the beers that uh, Blake and the team are brewing that uh, we'll be able to get to that level. Maintaining the uh, the, the value of uh, your, your product price is, a, uh, is one of the great challenges, isn't it? Particular, so uh, will you be chasing growth through the, the national retailers, for example? Because uh, that, that can have a, a few pressures on price. Uh, it can. I think, you know, it's all a matter of, uh, you know, all the... All the national retailers are also looking to grow value with the category, and um, you know I think if we can work together to to make sure that we're doing the brands justice in terms of um, you know the way they're positioned and priced in the market, it's good for the category overall. So you know everyone's trying to um, grow the category profitably, so we'll be making sure we we partner with um, the right customers to enable us to to do that because that is once you um, lose sight of that, then you start to undo um, and damage uh, all the good work and damage the category, which is not what we're about. So what's your read, uh, just before I let you go, what is your read on the, the, the national um, beer market? And I'll, again, I'll sort of make a little bit of a statement that you can comment on. Um, yeah. You know, for a long time, beer has been seen as 
beverage for blokes. Um, we've seen the classic, you know, VB ads or the Forex Gold ads where you've got a bunch of buffy blokes sitting around a campfire. Um, it, it's been very price driven. Um, and this craft beer category has, has exploded. Um, you know, do you see that as being able to decouple consumer perceptions away from the mainstream market? Is it going to have the same pressures as the market has? You know, what is your read on yeah. the future of beer and the subset of uh, craft beer? Yeah, look, I think uh, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful category to work in, and um, some um, some great brewers brewing some great beers right around the country. And um, you know, I guess what we're seeing is the value. Um, the value of uh, the beer category is still growing, and there is a shift away from uh, mainstream styles to, to uh, I guess, the um, premium um, craft products. And so we're definitely seeing that. I think I think that will continue. And I guess what we're seeing is um, some some businesses like Anjetty Road would be an example, creating um, really easy drinking styles of, of craft beers, but. Uh, with broad unisex appeal. So, you know, overall, I think there's more occasions that drinkers are consuming um, beer in these days um, and spirits for that matter. And a lot of those are unisex type occasions. And I think those that are responding to those um, needs within the market are, are going to be the winners going forward. And so I think, you know, there's still a lot of growth left in the category um, and uh, some really interesting um, brews coming out and uh, I think people are expanding their repertoire of drinks and they're willing to experiment and try some of these other um, other um, beers and spirits and and drink better and uh, and, and enjoy enjoy these products so uh, and I think they're really respecting the process that the brewers have been through and the distillers have been through to create brands with a point of difference and and new and interesting um, liquids and uh, and really enjoying that so yeah, I think that will continue over the next few years um, and uh, and into the near future without any doubt. So as we get great um, great people into the category to help create um, wonderful drinks. And, and we really need to, don't we, as all of the consumption trends, whereas once upon a time, if you had a beer, you'd probably have eight. And so you, yeah. you could uh, sort of businesses were based on the scale and you know selling large volumes of small margin product. As people mm. drink less... Um, Brewers really need to try and lock more of a premium into each beer that they sell, don't they, for for the in industry to be profitable? That's right. That's right. I think um, you know, getting uh, encouraging people to drink better, um, to do it responsibly, um, and do it within their means, uh, I think is really important. But there is definitely a shift to the, um, I guess, the higher end products, and um, and people are appreciating uh, the craftsmanship that's put into those uh, those beers and spirits and. Um, you know, the retailers are supporting them because there's a lot of growth at that high end of the market, and um, you know, I guess uh, you know we'll be continuing to focus on growing, growing the category uh, from our side um, in that space. That's to the benefit of, you know, uh, more options for the drinkers out there, uh, but also uh, for the retailers to you know be able to bank bank more dollars along the way. So, uh, so it's in our mutual best interests. What do you think the challenges are then for, for the category um, you know, moving forward? We're seeing a lot of players come in. We're seeing a lot of uh, choice and diversity. We're seeing a lot of excitement. But what are the challenges um, that the craft sector is going to face? There is a proliferation of brands. So being able to stand out from within that, um, from within, within a huge number of brands in the market is, is going to be hard to do. Um, and you know, I think you're going to have to be pretty organised for the bigger retailers to want to work with you. Um, because they're all time poor and there's more and more people for them to see. So I think that's a bit of a challenge. And, um, you know, I guess, um, you know, the sense of uh, social responsibility and still 
um, making sure that um, you know we're encouraging people to uh, consume um, you know beer and spirits in a sociable in a um, responsible uh, but sociable way is, is really important. So we do need to um, look after people that are in the category as well. So we've got a role to play there. Uh, but yeah, I think they're probably the main the main risks at this stage. I mean, the, the bigger brewers uh, within Australia are you know very well run and and they've got a great range of products. So you know it does make it hard for the, the craft guys to get in and uh, under and get access to the consumer. But ultimately, the consumer will decide what they want to drink. And if we keep presenting the right products, I think um, you know there's a there's going to be continued shifts to sort of that that craft uh, craft area. Will competition put pressure on price? Oh, I think it always does. Yeah. So I think. Uh, Again, it's up to up to the the brewers and the, the businesses to build their brand and, and build that sense of um, local connection within their communities to to make sure the communities are supporting their brands and um, yeah, price will always be a factor. So um, there's only so much you can do about that. Terrific. Well, Mark Hasman, I could actually uh, keep <laughs> sort of digging uh, you know, um, infinitely into into the business of uh, of craft beer, but I've kept you for long enough. Thank you very much for for joining us uh, on Beer as a Conversation, and uh, all the best with Founders First. And we look forward to uh, to watching as the uh, the business develops and see uh, perhaps who you next choose to invest in. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Really appreciate the time, mate. And um, yeah, been really. Uh, by the, the response and support we've had from within the industry and uh, yeah, great for us to get involved with businesses like Foghorn to help the likes of Sean um, and the team up there at Foghorn really grow their business and fulfil their dreams and uh, we look forward to chatting to you as we uh, continue on the journey over the next few years. Terrific, Mark. Thanks very much. Thanks very much, Matt. Good on you, mate. And that was Mark Hazeman. Next week, we will bookend today's chat by catching up with Foghorn's Sean Sherlock. It will be interesting to learn about the other side of the transaction, so stay tuned for that one. We also thank our sponsors, Cry Malt, and also Rallings Labels. Brewers, if you are looking for an easier, more effective way to do smaller runs of labels, get in touch with Rallings. If you order printed cans, then you must order a minimum quantity of 60,000 plus. Sleeve cans look and feel just like printed cans, but with a smaller minimum order quantity. Labels on cans sometimes really miss the mark if you do not get your design right and can look cheap and unappealing, which means the punter can choose another beer over yours. Rallings labels, stickers and packaging supply fully sleeved and palletized cans ready to be filled. They will also print and hold the sleeves and supply in batches as needed for each brew to make cash flow and storage easy. Pay for the printing up front and then pay per can and application as needed. We thank Rallings for helping us with the resources we need to keep this podcast going. Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews News cast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation. And we look forward to another conversation next week.